Republican presidential candidate Senator Ted Cruz has received the endorsements of former Massachusetts Governor Mitt Romney and former Florida Governor Jeb Bush. The endorsements arrived on Cruz's doorstep in the dead of night, wrapped in plain brown paper and bearing a note that read, Watch your step, you lousy Cuban, or John McCain will endorse you next. The FBI is investigating the source of the endorsements. FBI Director James Comey issued a statement saying, quote, We are taking this very seriously. Trying to destroy a man's campaign by sending him Romney and Bush endorsements is unfair and un-American. In an emotional press conference, Senator Cruz spoke through tears to the assembled media, addressing those who had sent the endorsements and begging them to, quote, leave my campaign and my family alone. It was bad enough when Republicans were upset and energized over Obamacare and the party ran Mitt Romney, the man who had invented Obamacare. It was even worse when Republicans were upset over illegal immigration and the party tried to run Jeb Bush, who supports illegal immigration. But to send these two after me is nothing less than criminal brutality. Whoever you are, I know you hate me because my integrity made other Republicans look bad in the Senate, but this is just too cruel, too cruel. After that, the candidate was sobbing too hard to continue. Cruz's rival Donald Trump issued a statement sympathizing with the senator, saying, quote, I want to beat lying Ted fair and square, not through dirty tricks like this. Now, excuse me, I have to get back to photoshopping his wife's head <laughs> onto a naked woman. Ohio Governor John Kasich took a more charitable view of the endorsement, saying, I don't think Mitt and Jeb meant any harm. They just don't realize how much everyone hates them and wishes they would go away. A spokesman for Senator Cruz says the endorsements will not stop the senator's campaign and the candidate will be out on the trail again just as soon as he gets off medication. Trigger warning. I'm Andrew Clavin, and this is The Andrew Clavin Show. I'm just going to laugh my way through these things. I'm tired of of trying to keep a straight face. All right. As always, we love to begin our show by talking about the Constitution, because we know that most of you don't remember the Constitution, that crinkly brown piece of paper on which our founding fathers put on wigs and took their feathers and wrote our rights on them. I don't know why they did it like that. They could have typed it. They could have sent it by email. But you can now get and find out about the Constitution in an email class from our friends at Hillsdale College. Wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice if all our politicians were required to take this class, if we could, instead of giving them simple random drug tests, they'd have simple random constitutional rights tests and they wouldn't fail. That would be new. If you want to fully understand the Constitution and your constitutional rights, I encourage you to check out the free online course, Constitution 101 at Hillsdale College. You can sign up for Hillsdale College's Constitution 101. It's free, and it's at hillsdale.edu slash Andrew. That's how they know I sent you, hillsdale.edu slash Andrew. Know your rights. Learn about the Constitution. It's a good thing, and nobody else remembers it. You'll be the only guy on your block who knows what's in the Constitution. All right. So, you know, while the rest of us have been paying attention to terrorism and candidate, you know, the candidates in the election and the fate of the country and all that. The people here at The Daily Wire have been spending their time looking at viral videos. They're all kind of celebrating the fact that we did this viral video. I'm angry and uh, voting for Donald Trump, which now has like 13 million hits, I think. It's like some insane number on Facebook and another a couple of hundred thousand on YouTube. So this inspired uh, Jonathan and Mathis, uh, two guys with too much time on their hands, to put together a montage of the greatest viral videos of all time. And here, I haven't seen this, but here they are. I'm angry, and so I'm voting for Donald Trump. It's Friday, Friday. (laughs) So how's your kids? How's your wife? 
Donald Trump is fun to watch. He bashes the establishment and they totally deserve it. <laughs> That's right. I'm in all of them. You didn't realize it. If you couldn't see that, if you were just listening, uh, that they, they had put my face on every single one of those. Although I noticed in Gangnam Style, I got to be the background dancers. What happened? To the, how come? How come the guy? What's his name? Sai or something like. <laughs> Boy, I look good in those short skirts, don't I? This man. <laughs> better all right never mind never mind it's it's nice to know that somebody around here is paying attention to the essential things instead of instead of worrying about our country and the world what a nutty week this has been this has been a crazy the, the theme of this week i think there have been a couple of themes of this week but one of the themes of this week uh oh i rolled up my sleeves again didn't i <laughs> Lindsay's, Lindsay's laughing at me. if you just heard a loud that was that was me rolling up my sleeve it gets, I, I get, the minute they, we start, they turn off the AC. Isn't that what happens? It's not, it's not me. It's you actually do turn off the AC. Okay. Um, one of the themes of this week to me is so close, so close and yet so far. You know, this election, I've said this before, but it's for we Republicans were set up to take back everything. I don't care what the demographics are. Hillary Clinton is the worst candidate ever. Hillary Clinton could lose to a polar bear. I mean, she could, she would just lose to anybody. She's such, and we had this thing in our hands and we just got bee stung by this, you know, by this Donald Trump thing. And people are telling me that Donald Trump can win. That's not what the polls say, but the polls don't mean anything this far out. But I'm really doubtful whether a victory for Donald Trump is in fact a victory for our country, a victory for conservatism, a victory for the Republicans. So we, we were just, we just had it in our hands. We threw it away. You know, we, we have now figured out, almost, almost beyond a shadow of a doubt, that free market capitalism is the way forward. It lifts people out of poverty all around the world. If you look at a chart of where government is letting go of its tentacle-like grips on industry and people are getting their, their property rights all around the world, that's where poverty is being alleviate, alleviated. That's where starvation is disappearing. And our president is off. You know, he, he lost. He surrendered George W. Bush's victory in Iraq. Now he's trying to surrender Reagan's victory in the Cold War by visiting Cuba and by dancing with with dictators and on top of this in the general world like we're on we are on the verge of a world in which technology is going to give us untold abundance untold health possibly travel interstellar travel i mean we're just that close and we've got these like time travelers from the middle ages blowing people up all over the world in service to a god who should have gone out of date with like Odin, you know, <laughs> way, way back, before, before. Sure, this guy, this God, this God is so far past his sell-by date in the in human heart and consciousness, but they're going to kill people until they hope we start to believe in him again. So it's been this crazy week of just throwing things away, which is so much human nature, you know, it's so much like what we, what we're like, you know, that's the whole story of the of the Garden of Eden, you know, put, put us in paradise and we will screw it up, put us, you know, just put us in a perfect place and we will mess it up. And that's what you're, you're seeing this week, all week long. The Trump campaign is nuts. I mean, at this point, the Trump campaign has become a parody of itself. They, there was a story that... Uh, 
the Trump campaign has gotten so bad for reporters that NPR is now training its employees on how to attend rallies without getting hurt. Okay, the Washington Post reports that NPR has sent its political correspondents to 90-minute hostile environment awareness training, okay, so they can cover Donald Trump. This is a training that's usually given to reporters who are heading into situations like riots, mortar attacks, kidnappings, or firefights. This is what they have to do to attend a political rally in America for Donald Trump. At Emory College in Atlanta, the students, the poor students saw, I mean, I, I, this is a heartbreaking story. Somebody wrote, vote for Trump 2016 in chalk on these stairs, and now the students are traumatized. They saw this, these poor, these poor children, our, our children that we sent to college saw this, and the the students at the uh, university have said that their safe space was violated, and so the president of the university is going to look at all the security tapes to find out who could have done this horrible, horrible thing. Because, you know, college students never, ever put graffiti down, and anybody who would put graffiti down for Trump must have been sinister in the extreme. And so they're actually going to investigate who did this terrible crime. This is, it's just a, a terrible, this, this, this Trump is just a terrible, terrible guy. My favorite part of the story, though, about Trump this week was when a cruise super PAC, this was what I was referring to in the opening, a cruise super PAC that had nothing to do with Ted Cruz, sent a picture of Trump's wife, tweeted a picture of Trump's wife naked because she was a model and she did a naked shoot, and so they put this out there. And Cruz responded by calling Trump a coward. Oh, I'm sorry. Trump responded first by saying, if, if you do this to my wife, I'm coming after Heidi Cruz. What he's going to do to Heidi Cruz, I don't know. There's absolutely nothing to say what he would say about her, but he threatened Heidi Cruz. Cruz responds, because you have to respond when somebody attacks your wife. It's one of the nasty things in politics. A guy can't let his wife get attacked without responding. So he responded by calling Trump a coward. Now, Cuomo on CNN has, has Cruz on and says, now you're getting down into the gutter. You're getting down into the gutter with Trump, because he's defending his wife. So, so Trump can do anything he wants. Trump can do it, but if Cruz reacts, it's, it's on him. It's on him. All right, but let's move on from the campaign. Let's talk about the terrorist attacks in Brussels, because this is where I think the theme of the real theme of the week is being told out. You know, the terrorist attacks are in Brussels, and our president, our wonderful president, is in Cuba playing, going to a baseball game with a a dictator. I mean, the, guy's, the guy is probably, I would have to say, just off the top of my head, the worst dictator in the Western Hemisphere, isn't he? I mean, is there, is there a worse di dictator than Mal Castro? And the, you know, when we saw the pictures of these people living in terrible poverty, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, they're there because of a system. They're there because of the system. While he's playing baseball with the dictator, the terrorists are blowing up Brussels. They're killing people in Brussels. And today, is he in Argentina? I think that's where he is. So, they, they say to him, they call a press conference and say, you know, was it really the best thing, you know, for you to be at this, this press conference? And here's Obama's response to, to being, people feeling that maybe doing the wave with Raul Castro wasn't the best thing to be doing while the whole world, the Western world, is in mourning because terrorists are blowing it to pieces. I, I addressed this issue a little bit at the baseball game when I was interviewed by ESPN, uh, but let me reiterate it. Um, groups like ISIL can't destroy us, they can't defeat us, they don't produce anything, they're not uh, an exos existential threat to us. Uh, 
they are vicious killers and murderers who've perverted uh, one of the world's great religions, and their primary power, in addition to killing innocent lives, is to strike fear in our societies, to disrupt our societies, uh, so that the effect cascades from an explosion or uh, an attack by a semi-automatic rifle. See, he's fighting terrorism by going to baseball. He's showing him, you can't scare me. You can't scare just because I'm the president of the United States, just because I lead the greatest military force on earth. You can't scare me into doing anything. You can't scare me into, look what he's doing yesterday. You have the picture of him in uh, Argentina. He's dancing the tango. He's got the tango. I love the guy. This is my favorite president ever. I mean, if you, if all you're looking for is comedy, you know, I mean, this is your favorite president. Oh, the world is dying, but I am dancing the tango. It's the dance of love, you know. I mean, this is, our president is out there. You know, the thing is, the thing is, when a leader speaks, it means something. When a leader acts, it means something. Some of it is symbolic. Some of it's important. Some of it matters. Some of it has substance. We're looking at this guy. He has completely left the stage of world events. He has completely left the stage. This is what's happening. I mean, even Hillary, he's making Hillary sound good. Even I'm listening to Hillary and saying, well, it's a, an improvement over Obama. You know? I mean, here we've got this felon with a voice like a, you know, like a dish... Uh, uh, garbage disposal, you know, like we've got, we, with a spoon stuck in there. And, and I'm looking at her and thinking, wow, she sounds, she's better than Obama, isn't she? This would be a step up. So she makes a speech at Stanford. Her job is to play, pardon me, play the adult in the room. We can't let fear stop us from doing what's necessary to keep us safe. Nor can we let it push us into reckless actions that end up making us less safe. For example, it would be a serious mistake to stumble into another costly ground war in the Middle East. If we've learned anything from Iraq and Afghanistan, it's that people and nations have to secure their own communities. We can, and I argue, must support them, but we can't substitute for them. It would also be a serious mistake to begin carpet bombing populated areas into oblivion. Proposing that doesn't make you sound tough. It makes you sound like you're in over your head. Slogans aren't a strategy. Loose cannons tend to misfire. So this is her opportunity to compare herself to the Republican candidate. She's comparing herself to Trump as the loose cannon, but also to Cruz. And Cruz came under more fire than anyone yesterday for his reaction. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first, we're going to talk about your personal privacy. Because really, when it comes down to it, who cares about the rest of the world? I'm, I'm sick of having people scan my emails and send me ads for things that I actually want but don't want them to know I want. It doesn't matter. If I'm telling my wife something in my email, I don't want them to come on and say, oh, well, you told your wife this, so here it is, and you can buy it here. You know what? Get out of my emails. Get out of my emails. And that goes for the government, too, although I don't want to say that too much because I'm afraid they'll drag me away. <laughs> I'll just be like, hey, stay out of my email. The government is scanning everything you do. They take in just every single piece of information, and when you talk to them about it, and I have actually talked to people in the NSA, they say, well, we don't, we don't have time to look at it all. 
I don't find that reassuring at all. But what is reassuring is that you can get a secure email at reaganprivacy.com. What you get is your name at reagan.com. That becomes your private email address. So every time you want to annoy your liberal brother-in-law, you just send him an email and he sees Reagan and he bites his tongue with rage. And it also improves your personal prose. But you also know that your emails will no longer ever be scanned or shared with third parties. So go to reaganprivacy.com and secure your personal private email address. No one will scan it. And if you do it right now, you get two free bonus months at reaganprivacy.com. So let's get back to Cruz. Why is Cruz the guy under fire? Well, Cruz said that we should patrol Muslim neighborhoods. And this immediately brought forth attacks from everybody, including including Krauthammer on Fox. This is a terrible, terrible thing. And why is it a terrible thing? Well, I, I said yesterday, and I do believe this, that he spoke infelicitously. That was not the way to put it. Because what he's talking about, of course, is to make sure that we are policing these neighborhoods where people are being radicalized and terrorized. People in American neighborhoods are being terrorized in their mosques by these thugs who come in and say, you're going to preach it our way, you're going to preach it the killer way, or bad things are going to happen to you. And if you don't have police working with the community in those areas, everybody gets radicalized. So they immediately started, everybody, the media, the candidates, even, like I said, Krauthammer started talking about oh, having tanks run down Muslim neighborhoods. And the thing is, you know, there aren't really any Muslim neighborhoods in America. That's the whole point. The whole point is that in America, look, I, I lived in Europe for seven years. I can tell you, I can tell you that we are the least racist country around. I mean, Barack Obama is always talking about how we look down on people because of the way they pray. I'm always, who? Who is, who, who does that? I mean, we, nobody does that. Mitt Romney, he lost the presidency, but not by that much. He believes stuff that I think is nuts. I've read the Book of Mormon. I think it's crazy. You know, I think it's kooky. But do I care? Did I vote for him? Hell yes, I voted for him. I thought he'd make a pretty decent president. In fact, you know, you know, I, I believe in a carpenter who, ra who rose from the dead on Easter. Shapiro walks around with a funny hat. Nobody gives a damn in America. Nobody cares. Nobody cares how you pray, what you call your God. Nobody cares. So Cruz is being hit for saying that we need to patrol Muslim areas. Here he is. Let, let's take a look at his interview. This is from Cuomo on CNN. Nobody is blaming an entire faith, but radical Islamic terrorism, jihadism, is a very discreet, it is a real threat, and this administration's in denial following the Paris te terror attacks, following San Bernardino, President Obama goes on national television, won't say radical Islamic terrorism, but lectures Americans on Islamophobia. Enough is enough. Let's have a commander-in-chief who keeps us safe. And, and, you know, Chris, a lot of folks in the media say, well, gosh, what difference does it make what you call it? It makes a lot of difference because when you identify the enemy, you then target your efforts to defeating it. And because Obama and Hillary refuse to identify the enemy, what happens is that they advocate policies. For example, both Obama and Hillary advocate bringing tens of thousands of Syrian Muslim refugees to America, despite the fact that ISIS has said they want to infiltrate those refugees, send jihadists here to murder Americans. And despite the fact that the head of the FBI, James Comey, was appointed by Barack Obama, has told Congress the FBI cannot vet those refugees to ensure that they're not terrorists. We need a president whose first priority won't be political correctness, won't be satisfying partisan objectives, but rather whose first priority will be as commander-in-chief keeping America safe. That's what I'll do as president. So here's my question. 
Hillary Clinton saying the same thing, we've got to keep America safe. Obama says it, but nobody believes it because he's dancing the tango. Trump says it. Why is Cruz the guy who's always under the gun? Why is he under the gun? Well, first of all, because he means it. That's the first thing. But I think that what he just said there is important. When people say, what difference does it make? That, that is the question. Why does it make a difference that we name our enemies as Islamic terrorism? We know that there are plenty of Islamic people, especially in America, who are not terrorists, who don't support the terrorists, who just want to be live out their lives as American, like the rest of us. We know they're there. But we know that there is this huge strain, this huge cancerous strain in Islam. Why can't we mention it? Why can't we mention it? Well, you know, one of the things about living in a tolerant country, and in a country where every, all faiths are tolerated, is that you begin to believe that it doesn't matter what your faith is. It doesn't matter, you know, if, if Mitt Romney believes in some crazy Mormon stuff, and I believe in some crazy, you know, Protestant stuff, and Ben believes in some crazy Jewish stuff. It doesn't matter. It's all kind of the same thing. All, all roads lead up the mountaintop, that kind of thing. And that's, that's what's at issue here. Does it matter what our God is like? And does it matter if we have a God at all, I think, is another question. Yesterday, the little sisters of the poor were in the Supreme Court begging the powers that be that they not be forced to uh, support, um, you know, birth control under Obamacare, which they don't want to do because it's against their religion. And Obama, I, I, I love, this is one of my favorite things with Obama. Like, he, he can't, he cannot see why it might not be a good thing to force the little sisters of the poor to go, to go against their beliefs. Like, he could have, Obamacare was written to exempt religious organizations, but not organizations that are under the auspices of religious organizations. So if you're in a university that is a religious university, you are not exempt. And that's where, where the little sisters of the poor come into this. <laughs> Obama is the power of the state, this monster power against the little sisters of the poor. Hmm, which side should we go? Well, the Supreme Court seems to be split. And the, one of the liberals said, Justice uh, Stephen Breyer said that some burdens, burden the burden of paying for birth control, it's just a part of being a member of society. It's just part of being a member of society. And all around the country, this is going on. In Georgia, they're trying to pass a bill that protects uh, priests from having to perform gay weddings. Not just priests, ministers, anyone who's a, a religiously opposed to performing gay weddings. They don't want to have to. All the power of hell has broken loose. The NFL says, well, we can't have the Super Bowl in Atlanta if you pass that law. The uh, uh, Disney and Marvel say they won't film movies there. They'll boycott Atlanta. Atlanta gets a lot of, uh, we filmed one missed call there, a lot of money comes into Atlanta from movies. The governor, Nathan Deal, used to be a Democrat. Now I think he's a Republican. He has come out against the law, and he hasn't said he wouldn't sign it. It's headed to his desk with some modifications. But here he is on TV showing his virtue, his liberal virtue to the press. We do not have a belief in, in my way of looking at religion that says that we have to discriminate against anybody. I don't think that we have to have anything that is uh, allows discrimination in our state uh, in order to protect people of faith. I do not feel threatened by the fact that uh, people who might choose same-sex marriages uh, pursue that right. I want you to listen to that language. I don't want to play it again, but every sentence that he said, those are the three sentences that were on one news story. Everyone begins with, I don't think, we don't believe, I don't believe. If you listen to Bernie Sanders, he does the same thing. When they ask him about socialism, he says, he'll say, I happen to believe. 
that everybody has a right to health care, which means you have a right to other people's labor. You know, I happen to believe that everybody has a right to go to college. I happen to, who cares what you happen to believe? Who cares what you happen to believe? I happen to believe that rainbows should come out of, you know, should, unicorns should vomit rainbow ice cream so I can eat. Who cares what you happen to believe? If you, don't have a, if you don't have a philosophy, if you don't have a view of the universe, if you don't have an idea of what human beings are, what their purpose is, what their destiny is, who cares what you believe? Who cares? You're just a girl with a feeling. You're just another gal who has a feeling about what would be nice, what would be nice. And all around, we look around, and what we see is the left taking principles that we all sort of believe in. Look. No matter how you feel about homosexuality, nobody believes that your door should be kicked down and you should be uh, told who you can love. Nobody believes anymore, I don't think, that the government, that government that can tell you who to love, who to sleep with, has too much power. And a government in this day and age, in, in the modern world, a government that can tell you who to love has too much power. Nobody believes that the government should be able to restrict you. But can anyone, even the most gay-friendly person, and I consider myself a gay-friendly person, if that has any meaning, can anyone think that a law like this law in Georgia isn't needed when they're going into baker shops and telling a guy he has to he has to bake a cake for a gay wedding or be run out of business? Can anybody believe that a priest is safe from being forced to violate his principles just because the Constitution is there when we have judges on the court willing to rewrite the Constitution from the bench? Can anybody believe, you know, what, what is the NFL talking about? What is the NFL talking about? Uh, do, do these priests, do these ministers not deserve the same protection as the gay guy who wants to go off and do whatever he's going to do? I don't understand it. It's only religion that is coming under this attack. It is only religion that is being seen as specifically, specifically, open to prejudice, open to oppression. It is okay to oppress. It's not okay to oppress anybody else for what they want to do, only, only religious people. In each case, in each of these cases, a principle is taken that has some merit, that we feel in our hearts, like I said, we happen to believe has some merit. We happen to believe that people shouldn't be oppressed because they're different than we are, you know. We happen to believe, look, you know, there's a law now uh, in... Um, North Carolina, okay, they just passed a law that said that men who think they're women can't go into women's bathrooms, and everybody is yelling and screaming about this. You know, I, I don't have anything against people who feel that they're the wrong, they were born the wrong gender. I think that must be a terrible thing. I know they get bullied. I've heard from them. I know that as teenagers, they get terribly tormented, and bullying is now so high-tech that it, it follows them everywhere. It follows them home and all this stuff. But can anyone think that that means that people, that anyone should be allowed into your little girl's changing room because he happens to say, oh, yeah, I feel like, man, I feel like a woman, you know, like <laughs> the old song goes, can anybody, you know. So each time they take a little principle of decency, a little principle of something we feel, and they extend it beyond the bounds of common sense. The same thing is true, and true more than anything else, anywhere else is in the environmental movement. We all want to protect the earth. But now they're actually talking about censoring people who say there's no such thing as catastrophic climate change due to human beings. They are trying, there's somebody, there's a, a guy in the uh, Sheldon White House, the congressman from Rhode Island, Democrat congressman from Rhode Island, wants to take the RICO laws, which are the mob laws, the, mo the laws they get to, um, to get the, mo the mafia, and use them against people who say, that climate change is not a danger. They want to silence it. Everywhere you see these principles being abused. Okay, so why am I talking about all this stuff? Is it all kind of just like this jumble of crazy stuff? It's not. 
I think that what we have seen all this week is basically the, the symptoms of a holy war. And when I say a holy war that, you know, brings forward these horses with scimitars, you know, coming down on Constantinople, and there's obviously an element of that in Brussels, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an argument that humankind is having, all of humankind is having, between three version, versions, essential versions of God. Because it's only when you know who God is or who God isn't or whether there's a God that you know what man is for, what human beings are for. And so we have these three essential visions. One is obviously this authoritarian vision, a God who is not responsible to reason, who is not responsible to anything but his own power, who wants to not only enslave the people under him, but enslave the people who don't believe in, to, in him and force them to believe, okay? It is a very old idea of God. It's been around since humankind uh, was started. Our idea of God, the Christian, Judeo-Christian idea of God, is different than that. It's different than that, but it came along later. You know, most people, uh, you know, were converted at the edge of a sword. The other idea is the secular idea, and this is what I, I've kind of been talking about. It's an idea where there are no borders, right? There's no gender. You know, the New York Times today said they wanted to limit bathroom use according to your birth gender, as if there were another gender that you had your birth gender, but in some other gender, the gender that you choose. That's because that idea of God has no limits, has no essential morality, has no essential objective truth. It's all about how you feel. It's all Bernie Sanders. I happen to believe this. I happen to believe there's no philosophy behind this. I happen to believe, check your feelings, and if you violate those feelings, run to your safe space, hold your ears, you know, and, go, and don't hurt my feelings because my feelings are all I've got. They're all I've got. I've got no reality. I've only got my feelings. And of course, there's this third version of God and of human beings, that is the God of love who creates us in a, our image, who wants us to be individuals and yet serve one another. It's a different idea. It's a different idea. And that's the one we're celebrating today on Holy Week, and it's the one where we're entering tomorrow its darkest moment, its darkest moment, the moment of its greatest hopelessness. I know a lot of you are feeling that today. Let me end today with uh, this one of my favorite hymns. I thought this was an ancient hymn, but it's not. It's a modern one by a guy named Doug Shute. It's called Holy Darkness. Listen to the lyrics of this. It reminds you of what this, this week and this holiday is about. Holy darkness, blessed night, heaven's answer hidden from us. As we await you, O God of silence, we embrace your holy night. I have tried you in fires of our 
Sunday is Easter, the day we remember that the God of love, the God of freedom can be killed, but he never dies. He always comes back. And folks, every day is Easter, if you know how to see it. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show. We'll be back again next week, I promise. 